Don't let anybody confuse you. God is one. Hallelujah. But as you read the Bible further, you see in the Bible, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So immediately, you see three personalities being talked about. Then when, when you read First John 5, 7, the Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Hallelujah. So you see that they are, as we are dealing with God, we are dealing with three distinct persons. Alright? So I explained to you. And the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. The Trinity is made of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you can't digest this into your system, you cannot understand. You will never know who the Holy Spirit is. Amen. So I established, I'm not going to go into details. I'm sure they'll put it on podcast. You can get there. I'm just touching it so that we can all be going along together. And I said, he's the third person in the Trinity, yet equally glorious, equally powerful, equally authoritative, equally everything. He's God as the other two. He's as God as God the Father. He's as God as God the Son. And he's as God as himself. Somebody say amen. amen. Wonderful. So we made this very clear. All right, And then I use water to explain to you. I said water is made up of two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that same water, when you have it in its state as it is now, we call it liquid water. It's still water. It's as water as water itself. When you put it in the freezer and it freezes, it becomes ice. It's ice, but it's still water. And it's as water as water itself. When you put it on the stove and you heat it up, and now it boils and it evaporates, we call it vapor. And vapor is as water as water itself. Hallelujah. That's how we can have three persons in one God. The same water, you can have it in three different ways. So, I saw that the science students understood, but the business students did not understand. So I use business to explain to you that look at a company that is run by a board. And the board has three members. One of the people on the board is the board chairman. That is God the Father. Then there's a board member. And that board member is Jesus Christ. Then there's one of the board members who is called the managing director. He's still a board member, but he's the managing director. When there's an election, they all have one vote each. Nobody has more votes than the other. They all have one vote, so they vote. And then they decide what to do. That is an example of what the Trinity is. So God the Father is the board chairman. He says, we want to do this, we want to do this. Then they discuss in the board. Do you get it? But the person who executes that thing on earth in our day-to-day life is called the managing director, which is the Holy Spirit. Clap your hands for the Holy Spirit. Then I went on to say that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an object. He's not a thing. He's not a wind. Because I've had many people come to me and say, Oh, uh, the Holy Spirit is like water. Or the Holy Spirit is a wind. Or the Holy Spirit is a, is a fire. Yes. All these are what we call symbols of the Holy Spirit. But they are not. The Holy Spirit is not anointing oil. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not. An, the anointing oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? So I try to explain to you who the Holy Spirit is by letting you know that the Holy Spirit is a person. And I said a person is not known by the body. Because somebody, if he's a person, where is his body? Do you understand what I'm saying? But you don't know a person by his body. If your legs were cut off and your name is David, we'll still call you David. We won't say, okay, now because your legs are cut off, we call you Dave. Or we cut off part of you. Because no, you are still you. Hallelujah. And we look at the rich man and Lazarus. Bible talks about a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and linen and fed sumptuously at his table. 
And there was a poor beggar that laid by his gate, full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumb that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Bible says, and it came to pass that the beggar died. Poor people die before rich people. You don't, you don't have to argue about it. Rich countries have a greater life expectancy than poor countries. Some of the places we live, if there's an issue you are calling for an ambulance, it will take forever for an ambulance to appear. Meanwhile, in some rich places, even when you go and wee-wee at the bathroom, immediately it takes, it does a test on you and sends an email to your doctor. How can you die easily like that? You don't need to go to the hospital to do a test. You just go to the mall. You are going to wee-wee. When you wee-wee, runs a test. If you notice there's something, it sends an email to your doctor. So you are sitting at home, then your doctor calls you and says, look, come, I need to see you. This is the reason why I need to. That's why rich people live longer. They have medical aid, good medical care and all this. So it came to pass that this poor man died. And Bible says, he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. But no matter how rich you are, you will surely also die. Because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment. So the rich man also died. And when he died, Bible says as soon, he died and he was buried. As soon as he was buried, Bible says, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Father Abraham afar. I thought we buried his body. But when he was in hell, the Bible still referred to him as the rich man. And amazingly, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he saw Father Abraham afar off. And Lazarus, guess who was in the bosom of Abraham? His name was Lazarus. That poor beggar, he was in Abraham's bosom. The guy was up. I thought we buried all these people. I remember when Abraham died many years ago that we buried him. But he was still on. His body had decayed, but he was still there. So, it's not your body that makes you a person. And I established to you that there are three things that make you a person. And number one is your will. Number two, your emotions. And number three, your mind. These three things make you a person. And I showed you that the Holy Spirit has a will, he has a mind, and he has emotions. I can't go through all of that right now. Basically, what I'm saying is that if he's a person, if we can all accept that he's a person, then we can go into what I am about to preach today, which is how to relate with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How to relate with the Holy All this was to bring you to this point. How to relate with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. The Holy Spirit is a real person and desires, God gave us the spirit so that we can relate with him. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 14, chapter, chapter 13 verse 14, the Bible says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Is that it? Yeah, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, communion, of the Holy Spirit be with us, be with you all. Hallelujah. This is something we say every day after church, but many of us have not even bothered to understand what we are saying. We just say it like a ritual. It's just like our auntie. We just because Africa. If I ask you to sing it alone now, you may not come to church next week. Sir, you chose me to disgrace me. You have been singing it for 27 years. How come you don't know it? Why? Because you have not bothered to even listen to it intelligently and know what you are saying. Hallelujah. So he says, these are the, he shows us how to relate with the triunion God. He says, when it comes to Jesus Christ, he says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me let you know. I've told you, I told you in these two days. God is in heaven. God is not on earth. In the year King Hosea died, Isaiah 6, 1, I, Isaiah, I saw the Lord seated on his throne and the trail of his glory. Even King, King Hosea's death, 
didn't provoke God that, okay, let me come for the funeral. Those of you who like going for funeral, every funeral, sometimes you even go for a funeral, you don't know whether it's a man or a woman who's dead, but hey, it's a funeral, we have come. When King Hosea died, God didn't bother to come for the funeral. Yeah, he was rather dressing up and looking very nice. Yeah, he said, in the year King Hosea died, I, Isaiah, I saw the Lord. He was seated on his throne. And the trail of his glory, it filled the whole earth. Yeah. So God is sitting, the heavens are his thrones, are his throne, and the earth, his footstool. God is in heaven. He doesn't come around. So there's something happening at uh, Ushaka Marine. God is coming. God doesn't come there. How about Jesus? Jesus is not also around. At all. Last time we saw Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Last time we looked for him, we googled him, we saw he was sitting in heaven. Yeah. Hebrews 7.25, Bible says he forever liveth to make intercessions for us. Yeah. That's, that's all Jesus is doing right now. He just looks at us and says, oh God, have mercy on this guy, please. I know him. The way he's tall, God, there are not so many tall people around. So, the demand for him is very high. You see, that's why he's making the mistakes he's making. So, God, you are, I have been to earth. You have not come there yet. So, I know the situation there. So, have mercy on this tall guy. That's all he's doing. The person who's here with us, he's called the Holy Spirit. He's the one that is. Jesus said in John 14, 18, he says, I would not leave you comfortless. I will leave you comfortless. I will make sure that there's somebody with you. And that person who's with us is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, in relating with this, he says, when it comes to Jesus, grace. Grace. Ephesians 2, 8, Bible says, for grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. Paul says, I think Romans 15, 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. So when it comes to Jesus, this is our relationship, the grace of God. The grace of God. He gives us grace. That's it. Now when it comes to God, what does God give us? Love. Love. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that it is teaching us how to interact with these three. And it says, when it comes to to, to, to God. Love. The love of God. So he explains it. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now when the Bible says God so loved the world, the Bible is not talking that oh God loved the mountains, he loved the rivers, he loved the seas, he loved the animals. No, no, no. Like they are very nice. He wants to. No, heaven is Far nicer than earth. If I were in heaven, I would have no reason to come and look at what we have here on earth. So he said, God loves us. That's, that's, God loves us. It means he loves the individuals, the human beings. He loved us so much. He gave his son for us so that we can be saved. That's it. Bible says, Romans, Romans 5, it says, God demonstrated his life for us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Then he says, with the Holy Spirit, it says, the co- where is the scripture? The communion of the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what you have to use is communion. 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 This portion of scripture teaches us how to relate with the Holy Spirit. The word communion is from the original Greek word koinonia, which is K-O-I-N-O-N-I-E, koinonia. Now, looking at that word explains to us, because when you read the English and you just see communion, you just think it's something small. But this whole thing, there are about nine to ten different things that stand for communion. That tells us how to relate with the Holy Ghost. Now, with the time I have left, I'm going to make an attempt.
to share as many of them with you. Somebody say amen. amen. If your neighbor is sleeping, wake your neighbor up. Tell your neighbor, the pastor is too anointed for you to be sleeping. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> last time I checked, I was very anointed. So you can't sleep like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Communion, the first, the first way the Holy Spirit, to relate with the Holy Spirit is through fellowship. That's why I said you have to first believe that the Holy Spirit is a person or else all these things will not make sense to you. Hallelujah. It says, through what? Fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is two fellows in a ship or fellows in the same ship. That's fellowship. Fellowship. The Holy Spirit wants to have fellowship with us. Wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. Philippians 2, 1, the Bible says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if any bowels and mercies. So he says, there's fellowship when it comes to the Holy Spirit. What he wants is fellowship. He wants to interact with us. He wants to interact with us. He wants to chat with you. He wants you to talk to him. But until you see him as a, if you see him as a wind, you will never talk to him. Yeah, you never talk to him. You will not talk to him. When, I mean, we got home way after midnight. We left here quite late yesterday. We got home after midnight. When I was going to sleep, and once I finished preaching, like I was telling the people I was with, they were all surprised. I need to watch television for like an hour to clear my head of all the things I was saying the day before. I mean, if you are in my shoes, you know what. Yesterday, I used how many scriptures in this place? 24 different scriptures from the Bible. You can imagine how my brain is tired. <laughs> so when I get home, I need to do something to unwind. Either I'll do some things on Facebook, play some games on... If my wife is asleep, I don't want to disturb her, so I'll play some games on my tablet just to unwind by the time i finally decided it's time to close your eyes and sleep it was it was past one there's an echo in the sound please it was past one and then i needed to wake up at five so when i was going to say i said holy spirit the people are waiting for me to come and preach to them in the morning and what i'm going to preach to them i know nothing about it so, if you don't make me wake up at five, there will be a problem. There will be a problem. So, as I'm going to sleep, Holy Spirit, it's, it's you, you know most. Then I went to sleep. You cannot talk to somebody like that if you think he's a table, or he's a fire, or a wind, or he's an oil. No. Then I went to sleep. Five, one past five, my eye opened, pam. I said, Holy Spirit, you know I'm tired. <laughs> Can I sleep for one more hour? <laughs> yeah. If you are with me sometimes, you think I'm crazy. I said, Holy, my, wife was, my wife was awake. I just, my eye opened. I said, Holy Spirit, you know I'm tired. <laughs> Can I sleep one more hour? And I closed my eyes and I slept. My eye opened seven past six. Pam, my eye was open. Every sleep in the world had disappeared from my I could feel tired, but there was no sleep from anywhere anymore. Then I got up. Then I started to prepare for this morning. Yeah, then I started to prepare. The Holy Spirit is a real person. He wants to have interaction with you. He wants to hear you talking to him. You have friends. You interact with them. Some of you, when you wake up, the first thing you do is to send a WhatsApp message. The Holy Spirit also wants to have your WhatsApp number and chat with you and know how you are doing. Yeah. So I woke up, I said, okay, Holy Spirit, now there, you have taken the sleep away, ne? let's go and prepare. Then I went. I got, my wife was trying to call me. I said, no, not now, not now. I went, I started to prepare for today. God wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to be in the same area as you are interact with you, chat with you, have talks with you, have discussions with you. 
What do you think? Oh, what do you think about it? This thing that you see, what do you think about it? And this, but until you can see that he's a person, even these things will not occur to you. It will not even be in your wildest imagination. Number two, I told you I have very little time, so I'll try and do as many. The second one is the presence. Communion. The Holy Spirit wants you in his presence. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to be with him. Many of us don't have time for the Holy Spirit. We don't have time to go to him. We don't have time to be with him. To come to him. I mean, you can have, you see wives have wonderful husbands. They buy them everything. But if you ask every wife, she will tell you, I want to be with you. I don't want to be with the television. I don't want to. When I was leaving home yesterday to come to church, I was watching soccer. So my screen was on football. And the volume was on mute. When I got home, it was still like that. Yeah, it was still, I mean, it was, don't tell my wife, it was on like that. My wife asked me, why didn't you wake me up when you came? I said, oh, you were watching football. When I came, you were watching football. You were very busy. <laughs> oh, no, she was asleep. But where I left the channel with, I mean, she didn't even, she, it's like her mind is not even there. I came to meet West Ham playing, I think, Burnley or something on the TV like that. So when she asked me this morning, why didn't you, because you sent her a message that I was on my way. Yeah, she said she didn't, she saw it this morning. She said, why didn't you wake? I said, when I came, you were busy watching football, so I didn't want to disturb you. (laughs) You can buy her everything, but she wants to be with you. She wants to be now, brothers, don't say that uh, when we came to church, pastor said that you can be broke and done because the girl wants to be with you. Look, who wants to be with a broke man? Who wants to be with a broke man? Please. You can't go to McDonald's. You can't go to KFC. You can't buy chicken wings. Even if you can't buy the whole chicken, at least just buy the wings. Hey. Then you are blaming pastors that we said that the ladies want to be with you. So, you are offering yourself as a burnt sacrifice. But the Holy Spirit wants to be with us. In Acts 13, 22, the Bible talks about David. And the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. We have always wondered why the Bible will say such a thing. Because David is the guy who went to take his, his, his friend's wife, sleep with her, impregnate her and killed his friend. So why would God say such a thing about such a wicked person considering that you are not as wicked as David is or was? I once said that I I don't think it was the first time David was doing anything like that. I mean, people like to argue, but how do I know? Let me explain this. This is just by the way. You know, when David sent for Uriah to be killed, and they killed Uriah, and, 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 and Joab came, David, David asked a question. He said, how are the mighty fallen? He didn't ask Uriah. He didn't ask Joab, is the guy dead? Have you killed our man? Have you solved our problem? No, no, no. He just asked him, how are the mighty fallen? And Joab understood what he was saying. Which presupposes to me that they've done a lot of bad things. Oh, they, they know their ways. They know already. I mean, it's not the first time. Because if it was the first time, he would have had to ask, Charlie, our man, how? Have you sorted my problem? No, no, he just, he just spoke a code. And that code, only he and Joab understood. Only the two of them. It's, you see, on hindsight, then we understand what it means. But at that time, nobody understood what they were. He just said, how are the mighty falling in battle? Immediately, Joab knew that what he meant was what has happened to our guy. They said, oh, don't worry, it's taken care of. Yeah. But even that guy, God says, he's a man after my heart. 
So why would God say such a thing about this guy? Today I want to explain it to you in very simple terms. David loved the presence of God. He always loved to be with God. He always loved to be with God. Psalm 122 verse 1, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Yeah, he's the one who said that. He said, I was, I was so happy. I was sitting there and they came to call me Sunday morning. They said, let us go to the house. He said, I was glad. My heart was gladdened. I was very happy. Many of you are not happy even when we say, just come to church. Just, I mean, come on church. You are not happy when we come and call you for church. And you still want God to say you are a man after my own. Meanwhile, God desires of you fellowship. That's why God created Adam, to fellowship with Adam. And David saw that secret. He said, this God, he likes fellowship. He likes chilling. So I just will spend time with him and chill out with him. Just hang out with him all the time. That's all. That's all. He understood it. In Psalm 42, he said, as the deer panted after the water blew, so my heart longed after God. Verse 2, he says, my soul dotted after the living God. Then he asks a question. When shall I appear? When shall I come and appear before my God or in the presence of God? He couldn't wait to come to the presence of God. He couldn't wait to come to church. He couldn't wait to wake up and just be in the presence of God. No, he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. At all. He couldn't. He still was like, I just want to be where you. Do you know the guy who wrote that song? I just want to be where you are. Play for us. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me nigh to where you are. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory, in your presence, that's where I always want to be, I just want to be, I just want to be. How many of you know that song? Let's all sing it. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me near to where you are. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory, in your presence, that's where I always long to be, I just want to be, I just want to be. The guy who wrote this song, his name is Don Moen. One day, one of our senior bishops met him in Korea. And he, 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 he asked him a question. He said, why did you write this song? Because this is one of the most powerful worship songs about the presence of God. It's my favorite song about the presence of God. So he asked him. Why did you write such a song? Because, you know, when you listen to the song and you see, you see the anointing that the song carries, the person must have something for writing that song. He asked Don Moen, and Don Moen said, well, I wanted to write a song about the Old Testament, the tabernacle of God, the outer court, the inner court, the shoe bread, the presence of God, the throne of all these things. Now, anytime I write the song, when I finish and I read through it, I don't seem to like what I've written because I feel that it was not carrying what I wanted to say. So I, he said, I wrote it almost a hundred times. 
But each time when I feel, I think I've written my best. When I go through it, I feel it's not carrying what I want to say. Then I'll squish it and throw it away. As my children will say, "Yeah, my children, when you squash something, my children will say you squished it." Yeah, so I squish it and I throw it away. Then after many attempts, I realized that what I really want to say is that I just want to be where God is. That's, that's all I want to say. All these things about the shoe bread, the outer court, the inner court, the incense, the water, the mirror, the looking glasses. That's not what I want to say. All I want then is just to be in the presence of God. Then I wrote that song. I want to be where you are. That's all I want. Dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory in your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be. So even when David sinned and slept with somebody's wife, caused a baby, caused a murder, everything. When he got up to pray, we are not surprised that his prayer in Psalm 51, verse 10 and 11, it was simply about the presence of God. He says, cast me not away. He said, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit. He said, look, no matter what you do, you can beat me. You can, what was that song? Creating me a clean heart. Oh, Lord. And renew a right spirit within me. Creating me, oh, Lord. Creating me a man after my own heart. Because when Adam sinned against God, the first thing he did was to hide from the presence of God. Many of us are like that. When you make a mistake, the next, your next human, and it's a natural human reaction. Actually, if you don't work against it, you are going to react like that. If you allow yourself to be you, it's like saying you are hungry. The next thing you will do is to eat. Unless you do something else. Or let me use another example that would even excite you. It's like putting a monkey in front, a, a banana in front of a monkey. No matter what you do, the monkey will eat it. No matter what you say, the monkey will eat the banana. Unless you do something else to prevent the monkey from eating the banana. So, when we make a mistake, our natural tendency is like Adam. We got it from our father Adam. Don't blame me. Adam is the one who gave it to us. We all just ran away. And we go and hide. But when David appeared on the scene, God saw a totally different human being. That when he made a mistake, he started to fight to get back into the presence of God. Yeah, you beat me and so what? But I have come. 
I've come. And that we lose it as we grow. Because my children, no matter what they do, they want to be where I am. No, no, when they do that, I just, I've just finished lashing them now. They go and make a U-turn by their room, then they come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. They, even sometimes, the way they come, they make me feel bad that I whip them. They are trying to send a message to me. No amount of your whipping will make us go away from you. Hallelujah. So, Bible, God described, he said, this is a man after my heart. Because he understands. The Holy Spirit also wants, to, wants you to come to him and be in his presence. Be in his presence. And be with him. Number three, friendship. 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 The Holy Spirit wants to relate with you as a friend. What are, some of, what are some of the things you do with your friend? What are some of the things you do with your friends? You go out. The Holy Spirit wants to go out with you. Some of you, when you are going out, the Holy Spirit is trying to come, then you slam the door. Pam! Stay at home! And then the Holy Spirit is stuck in the room. When you sit in the car, you say, oh, the car is full. You can't come. That famous story of, I think it, it was Marilyn Monroe. You know Marilyn Monroe? Oh, that girl who wears the white dress, dances, then she will flash like that. You don't know her? Oh, you are very young. You are very young. Or you didn't have television when you were young. Anyway, each of them, any of them that is, applies to you. I mean, we heard a story. I don't, was it Marilyn Monroe? No, Marilyn Monroe's story is different. There was another story where a mother was saying goodbye to her daughter. And she said to the daughter that, may God go with you. And she said, well, it's the car, it's full in the car. If he wants to come, he must ride in the boot. And then they took off. When they left, the car had a fatal accident. Everybody in the car died. And there was in the boot a crate of eggs and the boot was intact the eggs were intact after a car that has had an accident somersaulted everything the eggs were intact why god was in the boot the holy spirit was in the boot he could have been sitting with you in a car to save you but he said he should ride in the boot friends what else do you do with your friends you watch movies the holy spirit wants to watch movies with you that's friendship yeah, some of you, the Holy Spirit cannot watch movies with you because the type of movies you are watching, you will confuse the Holy Spirit. I mean, the type of movie you are watching, you will confuse the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you will confuse the Holy Spirit. Hey, Pastor, are you saying that uh, uh, the movie was my, my Jesus Christ of Nazareth walking in uh, slippers and moving on there? No, we watch movies. Oh, we watch movies. I mean, if, 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 when you listen to Bishop preaching, he uses movies to Rambo. If you have not watched Rambo, Rambo 1, Rambo 2, Rambo 3, Rambo 4, I mean, you can't easily be in the church. A lot of the strategies for even the church we are doing is from Rambo 2. Oh, yeah. Even the other one. Uh, no. Taking. He taught shepherding from taking. That's the one the guy says, I have a set of skills which I've acquired over the years. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> yeah. We, all this, we are not saying that, oh, what just only passion of the Christ. No, 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 no. But some of the movies you watch, I mean, when the Holy Spirit is there, he has to close his eyes. Some of you go shopping with your friends. The Holy Spirit wants to go with you. Like if, that's why I said, if you can't get the concept that he's a person, all this thing I'm preaching is useless to you. Because you have not crossed that barrier to now be able to relate with him. Holy Spirit, we are going shopping. Where should we go? Let's go. Then we bounce along and we start to go. Your life is about to take a dramatic turn for the better. Because from today you will acknowledge the presence of the Holy Ghost with you. 
and you will have communion with him. And I'm saying communion means friendship. You tell your friends your secrets. The Holy Spirit also wants to hear your secrets. Yeah, you tell your friends things that you don't want anybody to hear. I've been a pastor for about 20 years. Some of the stories I have heard, if it is not pleasant to repeat with my mouth. Yeah, and those things you can't tell anybody. But you can tell the Holy Spirit. Because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What else do you do with your friend? Chat. He wants to chat with you. He was one of the things I try to say every morning when I wake up is good morning, Holy Spirit. I learned it from Benny. I said, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. When I sit in my car, every time I say, Thank you, Jesus. As for that one, I don't know. It's by default. As soon as I sit in the car, I say, Thank you, Jesus. But another thing that I'm learning to do all the time is when I wake up. Because when I wake up, just by default, I say, Thank you, Lord. But I'm trying to make it my culture. When I wake up, Holy Spirit, we are awake again. Thank you. Let's start. Let's start another day. Let's start another day. The next one. Partnership. Partnership. The rest I'm just going to run quickly and then we'll close. Partnership. The Holy Spirit wants to be partners with you. Partners with you. Partners. Mark 16, 20, Bible says, And they went forth preaching everywhere and the Lord helping them and confirming every word with signs following. God partnered with the disciples. He ends, Mark ends the chapter of Mark by saying they went preaching everywhere. 16, is that it? Yeah, 16. And he partnered with them. He joined them. Let, let's partner. Now, your re- relationship with the Holy Spirit is a partnership. And in this partnership, he is the senior pas- partner and you are the junior partner. You are not the senior partner and he is the junior partner. So he must say, hey, brother, where are you going today? Brother, what are you doing today? No, 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 no. He is the senior partner. You must ask him. Holy Spirit, what's the plan for the day? What are we doing today? What's up, G? asking. Yeah, you must wake up and say, Holy G, what's up? What's happening? What's going on? What a guan? Yeah. What's popping, Holy G? What should we do? What are we eating today? Where are we going today? What should we do today? You are the junior partner. We have made ourselves senior partners. And we want to show the Holy Ghost what we should do and where we should go. So when we start that way, because he's a gentleman, he just steps aside coolly and he starts to watch us. But if you wake up and say, Holy G, what should we do today? It's another day. What are we going to do? What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? And you see he'll begin to direct you to give you instructions, show you what to go. I think Psalm 32 verse 8, the Bible says, I, I will instruct you and teach you in the way of life. And I will guide you by my eye. Yeah. Some wives know how to guide their husbands with their eyes. My God. When she looks at you like that, you will know you will know you will get the message by revelation, both by revelation and impartation. Straight. Yeah. You get the word. God said that if you allow me, I will use my eye to direct and guide you where to go. Use my eye to guide you from to who to marry. Yeah. So this one said, mm, this one. She doesn't respect. Hey, Holy G, how do you know that he, she doesn't respect? Ask her mother. <laughs> you are going to marry a girl. She has cried with everybody in her house. You are the next person on the radar. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, don't say my case is different. Don't say, oh, ask for me. I mean, she loves me. She loved her mother more than you. She loved her siblings before she met you. And she has quarreled with all of them. It means love doesn't constrain her from quarreling. She has an anakazo spirit. I mean, she has quarreled with her neighbors, her friends, everybody. And you, 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 are, you are rather telling yourself that, oh, this is really very, I have her all to myself. Don't worry. Very soon. When Goliath was shouting and insulting God, he didn't know that very soon David was coming to kill him. That's exactly what is going to happen to you. She's also going to quarrel with you the same way. You see you are in the same house. You live in this island and she lives on this island. You will see it. So the Holy Spirit will tell you. Mm. Sometimes even the Holy Spirit will let an argument break out. When you look at the way she's strong and she's arguing. I mean arguing to win. Not arguing for clarity, you arguing to win. You see, the war must be white. No, it must be blue. No, white gives space. Blue is also like the sea. But I think that a lot of homes are white and our things can blend in. No, blue is nice. Even red is nicer than white. They have a yellow. Then... It's like she's not trying to even talk about the issue per se, but because an argument has started, she has to win. Immediately, you see that this one, very cantankerous. You take her home, you are finished. Every day, you have to remind her, look, I am the head of this relationship. Every day, you have to say, you know something, a young lady, I married you, not you married. Every day, you have, somebody you have to remind that I'm the head. Oh, no. You can't marry such a one. Actually, the one you marry is the one who makes you feel that you are the head. Last week, I said in church that I heard that a good wife is the one that suggests something to her husband and then makes her husband feel that she, he came up with the idea. Yeah. So, I think that, you know, we should move to this place. You know? But you think about it. I mean, if you feel like we should do it, if you also feel led that we should do it, what you say is what we will do. They should be massaging the idea into you gradually. So you wake up on Friday and say, okay, I have decided that. You didn't decide. She told you. I have decided that we are moving from south end to uh, north end or whatever. You didn't decide. She told you. But she has a way of massaging it nicely into you. Such that you feel that you came up with the idea. So the Holy Spirit will guide you. He said, I'll guide you with my eye. I'll guide you with my eye. If you work in partnership with me. If you work in partnership. I pray that from today your relationship with the Holy Spirit will advance. It will improve. It will change. You will see the Holy Spirit as a real person. There are a few more. I don't think time will allow me to say. The Holy Spirit is a commander. He's our commander. He commands us. He tells us what to do. Acts, Acts 13 says, There were in the days in the church of Antioch prophets, certain prophets and teachers. Then he names them. He says, Barnabas, um, Lucius, Simon, Manin, and Saul. Verse 2, the Bible says, and the, as they ministered and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. He said, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I want. He came and gave them an instruction. He said, separate, on, separate them unto me. Let them, let them, I, I need them. The Holy Spirit should be able to give you an instruction. Yeah, some of us are so strong-willed that we don't even take advice. Meanwhile, Bible says, by good counsel, thou shalt wage war. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's like, you are too strong. I remember a brother many years ago, I mean, Bishop was asking him to get married. And he, says, he said, he's not ready. And the excuse he had, he said, in, in our culture, 
so that I don't sound political. I don't want to name the culture, but you know the culture I'm talking about. He said, in our culture, the older brother must marry first. Meanwhile, here is this older brother doesn't have any plan of marrying. Meanwhile, you say you want to be a pastor. And worse of it, you are going to take a beloved that is like storybook beautiful. No, there are levels in beauty. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's normal, everyday domestic beauty, the one we see around. Do you see? We see it every day, domestic. Do you get it? Then there's beauty queen beautiful. It's not everybody. Who, I mean, let's be serious. Be honest with yourself. You can see something like when you see those who become Miss South Africa and you you do them and say, "Hey, look, God is really good." There's that. Then there's storybook beautiful, storybook beautiful girls. You see, they have these type of names: Cinderella, Snow White. They are fictional. It's like. When you read about the person, the person is so beautiful that you can't even imagine that there will be a human being on earth like that. You can only find them in fairy tales. This girl, this beloved that this guy had gone to choose, it's like those type of storybook girls. And you are walking with her. And you say you are waiting for your brother. Up to now, the brother is still not married. It's been four or five years already. That elder brother is still not married. And we are waiting for him to marry so that Braji can also marry. And you say you want to be a pastor. So we sat down and said, look, you are going to destroy yourself. We are going to be sitting here and we will see. When you eventually marry, your flower girls, your pig boys, they will all be your children. Yeah, it will be a family wedding. That's what you are going to have. So eventually, after arguments, so okay, I'll marry. When he finished marrying, he came to say to us all again that I don't know why I didn't marry a long time ago. We explain to you why do you think we married when we were 25? Why do you think we married that young? We are telling you to marry. It's the right thing. When I came from England, I told my, my mother, I told my mother two things. I said, Mom, you know something? There are two things I want to do. And I want to talk to you about first before I talk to anybody. Number one, I want to marry. Number two, I want to go into ministry. That's all. So I, because I want to go into ministry full time, I want to marry now. I don't want to, as I'm preparing to go into me, then I go and make a mistake. By the time you realize the ministry has gone out of me. No, I want to marry now. I want to give you an instruction. We are going to marry in the year 2024. 2024. And we are in the year 28. Is it a PhD course you are doing? 2024. Look, ladies, this one is just by the way. If a brother is serious about marrying you, do you know what it means? He wants to marry you now. Yeah. Take it from Look, one day, I, when I was in a relationship with my wife, I told her, let's marry. She told me that our parents will not allow us to marry. I said, oh, but I'm a nice guy. You're a nice girl. Why? She said, no, because we are students. I told her, you know, something. that's not a problem. Let's stop school now. I'm t- we were in third year. I told her, let's stop the school. Let's marry. When we finish, we come and finish the school. Because when I asked her, what her reason was that? Because we are students. I mean, my crime was that I was in school. I said, it's not a problem. Let's stop the school now. If you see my wife, you can ask her. She said, no, no, no. That will not work either. We have to finish the school. So I went to see my head of department. I told him, give me a diploma. What I've done is enough for a diploma. Give me a diploma. Let me stop the school. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. You registered for a degree. You cannot take a diploma. So I stayed in school one extra year. If a man wants to marry you, Zimasa, he won't make promise. You know, I'm going to marry you 2030. Is it, a, is it a, an economic plan for the nation? It's politicians who say we are going to do this 10 years, 15 year program. No, no, no. He wants to marry. He wants to marry you now. Yeah. A 
hey, pastor, how do I know whether he'll marry me or not? This is it. If he's not aggressive to marry you, he's not likely to marry you. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit wants to give instructions. The next one, Holy Spirit wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Intimate relationship. Intimate relationship. Intimate. Not a casual relationship. Intimate relationship. John 15, 5, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. He wants to have an intimate release, intimacy. Intimacy talks of closeness. Yeah. That's what brings fruitfulness. I mean, this lady is fully pregnant. I didn't think she got pregnant by this man shaking her hands. Maybe this man has a power of pastor. Please come, please. Shake, shake this girl's hands. Receive it. You are pregnant. Shake this one also. Receive it. You are pregnant. Pastor has impregnated three girls in the church. No! It doesn't take handshake. It takes a certain intimacy. 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 Then from there, you see the stomach coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's not KFC. It's intimacy. See the stomach coming. Then a baby comes. Then the relationship becomes fruitful. The Holy Spirit wants to have an intimate relationship. You should be able to come to church and as we are worshiping, you are so moved and you start to cry. Yeah. As we are praying. Sometimes we are here, we are praying. You see some people are crying. Some other people look at it. Hey, why is this girl so emotional? No. The person is having an intimate interaction with the Holy Spirit. The reason, actually, the reason why you don't have that manifestation or you don't cry is because you are too dry and too far from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, many years ago, we'll go for conventions, bishop will pray for people, people will be falling down. When I come, I never fall down. So I used to wonder, ah, there must be something wrong with me. So I said, maybe I have a demon. Yeah, maybe I have a demon or something. So I one day I woke up and I started to pray. I said, God, what is wrong with me? Because if I can see that clearly there's power there. But when he get, sometimes they call a group, I'm not even part of the group, but I'll come. But nothing, I, I'm just there like ice block. He just lays his hand. And those who are very cold, when you lay your hands on them, you feel it, you just want to go your way. You don't wait. Somebody asked me, why do you pray for, when you pray for, you pray very short. This is the answer. Don't tell them, but this is it. Yeah. But I prayed. When I prayed, the next time we went for Miracle Wave Convention, Bishop was laying hands on people. He called a group. Unfortunately, I was in that group. And I came to stand there. As he was coming, I could feel something moving from under my leg and coming up, coming up, coming. And my eyes were closed. I was so determined, I didn't even want to look at anybody. I didn't want to focus on anybody. Just close my eyes. Lord, let today be that day. Please. Have men, whatever. And look, I confess all the sins I have done. Even the ones that I didn't do. I said, okay, I accept it. Maybe I had a hand in it some way. Forgive me. If that's the reason why I am never touched by the spirit, please. Then finally, when he got in front of me, what was bubbling from under my, my feet had reached my neck. And it was as though somebody was choking my neck. The next thing I saw, some ashes were helping me up. So I wasn't sure whether Bishop prayed for me or not. Ashes have a way of doing that. So I wanted to stand there and let, make sure that he has laid his hands on me. But that day, for the first time, I felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Intimacy. Intimacy. Another one is Participation. The Holy Spirit wants to participate in your life. He wants to participate in your life. He wants to contribute to your life as well. And finally, it means distribution. The Holy Spirit wants to distribute things in your life. These are the ways to relate with the Holy Spirit. From today, as I close, from today, Begin to see the Holy Spirit as a real person. 
and start to interact with him in these ways. Interact with him as a friend. Interact with him as a friend. Interact with him as a partner in your life. Interact with him as a commander. Interact with him as somebody you are having fellowship with. Interact with him intimately, deep. Inter- there are things that you can't tell any human being. You should be able to tell the Holy Spirit. Yeah. One day I had a problem. I finished with this story. One day I had a problem, and it's like the problem was coming. It was yet to okay. And I said to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, if I enter into this problem. My ministry is finished. I can't tell anybody this thing I'm saying to you. But help me to escape this problem. Up to today, the problem has not happened. Up to today, it's been 10 years. I'm still waiting for it to happen. I said it's been what? 10 years, I'm still waiting for it to happen. But at that time, I was very scared. I said, Holy Spirit, this thing, I know the way I am. If it happens to me, I won't be in the ministry. Save me from myself and from this problem. Up to, I say it's been 10 years after today. I'm waiting for the problem to come. He wants to be part of it. He wants to participate. Allow him. If you relate with him, he will come into your life. He will come into your marriage. Some of you are having marital issues. The help that you need is the Holy Spirit. Some of you are having relationships. Some of you are having financial issues. The help you need is the Holy Spirit that He will come into your life and help you to appropriate even the resources that you have. To just appropriate it wisely. Wisely and properly. I pray for you that you, your eyes will be opened to the reality of the Holy Spirit. That your life will change for good. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer as we close. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. Lift your hands wherever you are. Just pray. Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank Him for His Spirit. Thank Him for His Spirit. Holy Spirit, we bless you. 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 Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. From today, we will relate with you as a friend. We will have fellowship with you. We'll relate with you. We will come into your presence. We will come into your presence. We will no longer worship from afar. We will no longer stand afar and look at the others. But we'll interact with you. We'll be with you. In your presence. In your presence. In your presence. We'll be. We'll have friendship with you. We'll have partnership with you. We'll allow you to instruct us. In the name of Jesus. We'll allow you to instruct us. Show us the way to go. Guide us which way we should go. With your eyes Lord. We will have intimate interaction. And re- what breaks our hearts. We will tell you. What excites us. We will tell you. What stimulates us. We will tell you. What moves us. We will tell you. We will tell you Lord. Holy Spirit we will tell you. 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 We will allow you to participate. In our lives. In the name of Jesus. That's where I long to be. That's where I always long to be. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily your presence. Take a little while to enjoy the presence of God. From afar, Lord. Draw me near to where you are. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. 
concentrate on God. Forget about everybody and just concentrate on the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's here. I don't want to worship from afar. Don't need me to where you are. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence. Looking at your table. Surrounded by your glory in your presence, that's where I always want to be. I just want to be, I just want to be. presence of God just for a moment just for a moment my God surrounded by your glory oh Jesus in your presence thank you Lord that's where I always want to be I just want to be I just want to be Be careful. Fisting at your table. Surrounded by your glory. In your presence. That's where I always want to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to be. Let the presence of God be your we believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.